Welcome back to One of Two Hundred, twenty twenty-three. I'm joined by my co-hosts Philip and Justine. Welcome. It's mid-January. Got a. It's twenty twenty-three. New year, new us. First day back at school. Just happy to be here. <laughs> I feel like it so far has been a sharp break from how twenty twenty-two started. Okay, well, all the years have sort of melded together since 2020, Carl, so please um, elaborate on that idea. <laughs> I just don't feel as immediately stressed. Mm. Um, it doesn't feel like a forever year in the way that 2020 into 2022 did. Uh, I feel like there's some big stuff on the horizon, but there'll be natural end points. <laughs> it sounds like I was... Uh, putting that sentence together in my head uh, and I realized that was <laughs> far more apocalyptic than I intended it to be. Just got, uh, a, got that, you got that summer brain. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean like the 2023 election uh, coming up in New Zealand, um, there are inflection points, I guess, uh, mm. where we can say, okay, we're working up to this or mm. that and that yeah. kind of some some pacing. Totally. I mean, 2020 started with the sky red, from the Australian bushfires and then, you know, segued quite, um, you know, fast into a global pandemic. Uh, I can't remember 2021, so who knows? Just let's <laughs> throw that one out the window. But but last year was actually, um, yeah, you're right. Like, it was an interesting time, right? Because that was a huge change, time of good, uh, huge change, not good change, I think it was bad, um, of, um, you know, the new reality of um, joining the world and being really sick all the time um, and now we're just living in the continuation of that but yeah you're right there's some inflection points this year that we can all look forward to like the I election like, i like that kyle's uh rosy vision of the future is it might all end soon so. <laughs> someone put us out of our misery please yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that um that, those roasted glasses are stained with blood mist <laughs> Yeah, that's where the redness comes yeah, from. Yeah, yeah. Get those um get that glass polishing uh cloth <sighs> out. But yeah, it's um it's an interesting year coming up ahead uh in, in politics. There's obviously a lot of stuff kind of rolling over from 2022. Uh Justine, you mentioned the the ongoing uh COVID pandemic, uh which the New Zealand government is is basically just ignoring now. Um and in some ways worse actions than the rest of the world uh they they're actively kind of going against best best practice or best policy or the science uh in a way that really set us apart from the rest of the world uh through 2020 and and summer 2021 yeah, yeah. i mean like we're still getting high high caseloads uh we've still got like multiple deaths every week where do we Go from there. Yeah. Uh, well, I, there's, a, there's a really great doctor in Australia who has, um, you know, had sort of, I think, been very courageous in calling out the lack of public health response um, across the ditch. His name's Dr. David Berger. But um, he described the sort of ongoing state of the pandemic as no longer like these enormous tsunamis of cases like we saw in the, um, you know, the first two, I guess. Um, waves of Omicron when, when it landed in New Zealand and Australia, but rather like a rising tide. So we might not have the, the highs that we had in terms of just the sheer number of people infected at the same time, but we certainly don't seem to have the lows. 
Um, so there's just this constant kind of steady tide and trickle of infection. And, um, you know, uh, you might not feel that as acutely in terms of your everyday life because you might not, you know, because I think it's at one point during those waves, we like everyone we knew had COVID at the same time. I mean, you think about how incredible that it really is. Um, it really puts into perspective the phrase like going viral. I, like I'm like, oh, I don't understand where that comes from now. That makes sense. It really is going viral. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I really worry for the health system this year. I really, really do because we've seen just like the impact of like unmitigated COVID transmission on um, other health systems around the world. And it's scary. Um, you know, uh, Canada, ca Canadian health system was, is, I, I think like, it's funny cause we always describe, um, the health, healthcare systems under enormous stress as like potentially, you know, collapsing, never collapsed, N you know, never quite go there to say it's actually collapsed. But I think it's fair to say that some healthcare systems in, um, the Anglosphere and in Europe actually collapsed, um, during in, you know, for periods during their winter, um, it happened in Canada, it's happening in France right now, and in the UK, it's probably the worst. Um, there, you know, the NHS has literally collapsed, and there's something like 500 people dying every single week just from not being able to receive the care that they need because the healthcare system is so overwhelmed. And that is a line that you can directly draw to like the stress that COVID is putting on the health system. Um, health systems that have not been, you know, I mean, you can't really like unpack austerity right austerity is part and parcel the fact that they haven't been adequately funded for so many years it means that they just don't have any fat in the system but it's also the pandemic um and it is scary because you know when you look at the new zealand healthcare system we have as many beds we have i think it's 2.4 beds per i can't remember the exact step but we have exactly the same we have exactly the, the same amount of healthcare capacity per population as the uk and so you want to see what what's happening in the in the NHS now. That is what is waiting for us in winter, and where's I just don't see any kind of response from the government. And I don't see any anything from anyone, and that's really I'm really scared for the winter. Um, anyways, sorry, yeah. yeah, the pandemic's not over. Just and there's a suggestion over. that part of the reason they're not running out boosters um, to everyone is because there's not enough uh, health resource. So. Okay, Dr. Which is like, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, mean, I, I mean, that's come out of um, OAAs and stuff as well. Like, this is yeah. a thing. Um, yeah. Access to antivirals may be the same. Like, I'm sorry, like, I just, that's I, about. Yeah, I, I mean, it absolutely is. Um, and we we know that it's going to be banked over winter, right? Like, because by not right? protecting people, yeah. you're going to have more people ill. That's just a fact. I, so. I, I think that's not the plan that that I mean I that might be what they're saying but I don't believe that for a second um the healthcare system has a little bit more capacity right now in summer and it would be the perfect time to potentially scale up va vaccination um the truth is that their the strategy is they don't think people are going to get vaccinated and so they want to make it a yearly vaccination because they think that that's more palatable to the general public like the flu shot um and so they think if they time it precisely before winter we'll have the exact amount of coverage we need yeah. to tide us over conversation about that globally as well so yeah, that's the real the story one, uh, <laughs> flu plus covid shot um and, and it's really frustrating i think this has probably been the ongoing most frustrating thing um about i uh, talk about health in general but you know specifically with covid um in the new zealand context is that our government is just not being upfront and our ministry is not being upfront about 
why and how they're planning to do things and especially the why especially the why like if if they have done calculus um that where they say okay we're comfortable with this many people dying um and we have to do this because of the amount of, um of resource that we we have available we just don't have the people to do this just fucking say it because then you know maybe you get a, a huge public um wave of support for more funding for the health system but if you're just pushing it to the back of people's minds actively um if you're refusing to give the reasoning for why you're setting policy and the way that you're setting it everyone just assumes that it, it, this is just the way it has to be it's it's basically austerity politics, at least an outcome, uh, even if not in declared intent. Mm. But they don't they don't want a huge public outcry for more funding for health, right? Because the kind of fundamental undergirding of this government is essentially trying to get back to budget responsibility rule type paying down of debt. Like that's what Grant Robertson wants to campaign on. Um, if if it was suddenly revealed that we needed to you know, basically double the capacity of our welfare state to do stuff. Um, that would be seen as Labour's fault and not Nationals um, going into this election and they'd lose by even more than they're already going to. Like, I don't yeah. see a, I don't see an alternative. There's no good way for this government to message now after a few years of failed um, yeah. giving up on COVID policy that um, that they've realistically accounted for deaths. Like there's no there's no good headline from that in the New Zealand media as it currently sits. No, and incredibly cynical. Uh, but we know that they are. We know that that's what this Labour government is. Um, they're happy to take advantage of these these tropes and this messaging when it paints the opposition in a really bad light. Um, I mean, think about the number of times that Judith Collins, for example, was asked how many deaths is okay. Um, back in 2020, 2021, um, or whenever she was <laughs> leader of the National Party. And, you know, you can't fucking answer that. But how many times has Ardern been asked that since opening back up, since Let It Rip, right? Exactly. Um, it's totally off the table. Um, and, I mean, and we, but we, we know the answer. It's maybe 50 deaths uh, a week um, at the high uh, end. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it also speaks to this other uh, you know, lurking issue with the COVID response and with our health system, um, which is the incoming um, kind of critical mass of long COVID, right? Totally. Uh, which absolutely is going to need more uh, mm. welfare spending, absolutely needs more health spending. And the government feels like if it can push it out just long enough, um, it's not going to have to deal with that before the election. That's how it feels. It, it really feels like this government has been trying to set up a, a specific 2023 campaign um despite having an absolute majority where they could have done anything uh they just act, they're just completely gun shy um don't want to act on anything too afraid um outside of a couple of big uh ticket uh what what the supporters like to call visa their transform transformative policies mm. yeah if they get them over the line um yeah and then in the same breath you know they'll, they'll also say oh we had to um rain in climate stuff uh so that national won't vote it out uh when national are in government okay so are you going to win or are you going to lose we're, we're, like are you doing transformative stuff or are you trying to get the other team on board with all your different policies and, and big ticket items it's completely incoherent it doesn't make sense from a, a theory of power and national are, are now 
running on the we will repeal everything Labour has ever done policy line. So well done. That, that, that's worked well. It's amazing that, um, yeah, National's, National's running on essentially nothing. Like, let's go back to what we had before. And despite that, Labour comes off as more nihilistic than National does in the way they're kind of framing and messaging. It's like, what's that French saying? Après moi le déluge, like after me the flood, that saying, that's how, like, that's how it feels like, right? You're, they're pushing back the idea of this incoming kind of bomb of long COVID. The climate change stuff is very kind of watered down over time and the it's all just kind of pushing back deadlines, right? It's like let's cope, yeah. let's cope for another year. Kick the can down the road. That's yeah, like that. That's the main objective, I think, of governments. I, I like it's like fuck around and don't find out for as long as possible. That's, <laughs> that is that's it. disgusting. Like it's why do people politics? Like what? What is the purpose of your political enterprise? Like what are you trying to achieve? If it is just you know, as Grant Robertson has said, like things going back to normal or like things won't like change too much and at the same time like we know that these issues exist why don't you want to do something about about it but like instead there's this idea that oh well if all this bad stuff happens at least a, a national will get blamed for it yeah but like they will absolutely destroy the public service and thousands of people will die don't you as the labor government as labor mps as labor staffers as even perhaps uh labor pr hacks don't you want to stop that from happening like don't don't you want new zealand to be in a better position don't you want this labor government that you've puffed up um and kind of pumped uh line after line into about how ardern is this fantastic uh operator in a in a crisis don't you want her in charge like why just fucking win it just fucking do something it's it's so there's so much cowardice um, there's so much political cynicism and they're trying to play it both ways oh labor aren't really going to do anything but labor have done everything uh labor are being transformative but they're keeping things the same nationals like labor haven't done anything at all but we're going to repeal everything they've done both labor and national are on the same fucking songbook you know like they're saying exactly the same things about themselves and each other and we've got a media that's just completely unable to and engage with that, even though it's absolutely clear. Uh, and a large reason for that is that they're all looking to get great PR jobs with the parties at some point, you fucking hacks. Yeah. To- <laughs> There's a great ending, Carl. <laughs> just, um, just like a straight, like, I'm talking to you right now. I hope th- you better be listening. Um, Jenna Lynch. No, I don't know who. <laughs> 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 um don't start a pile on just yeah, yeah sorry sorry general lynch no i'm not sorry um yeah i completely agree i think this is why people have checked out and i really do think people have checked out and i can't blame them even you know i, I would say that even like we've checked not we, that we've checked out i mean we're pole heads you know where we are we keep like up the ivy still attached mate yeah, exactly. But to, to even to the extent that I'm someone who has always been engaged in politics, um, the just the cynicism and the compl- and like the how divorced it is from the reality of our lives has, um, you know, it's just like it just does feel like palace politics at the moment is palace intrigue. You know, um, it's just it's nothing to do with the actual issues on the ground or people's lived experiences. And uh, you know, 
I don't even know. It, it's just, it is heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking in many ways because I think we just needed so much better and we didn't get it. We didn't get it. You know, I think that's, that's, um, we've always said that this government would be looked back on as like, just why didn't you do something? You know, because it's not like things, the trajectory we're on is um, not exactly a positive. I wouldn't say that um, I'm, you know, hopeful necessarily about the future because you can't yeah. be hopeful unless there's, you know, unless you take action to, to, to create hope, right? Um, and, and this is the thing, like, I don't know what Labour's electoral game plan is. Um, it seems to somewhat rely on capturing whatever they imagine this, this group of swing voters is. So what um, I've to, heard... I've heard some things. Oh, are we going to get a scoop right here on? Oh, I don't think it's much of a scoop, but um, basically the way that they're going to frame it is who will look after you best through um through this recession, this upcoming recession, and the continued like turbulence in the world. Do you really trust National in times in bad times to actually look after you and your family? Well, um, full negative, full negative. Yeah. Where's the kindness? Where's the kindness? Yeah, Cinder? yeah. Um, I I actually think that's probably the best they can they've probably got um because you know like like it is true in a way like people do associate national with kind of an aspirational kind of capitalism it's like when times are good they're the best managers of the economy are they going to look after you though when the health system is collapsing well yeah, labor bad right now labor certainly not but um uh, will national be worse i mean i think the answer is yes there are a couple things like that I would really worry about. I really would worry about the healthcare system under a national government. I'm worried about it under a Labour government. So can you just can imagine, um, you know, um, I think, I think, I think we'd see, yeah. There's a couple of things like, like just silly things, but like, I think it's important, like even our isolation rules and the fact that we have access to testing and, um, you know, and, and even free vaccines, like you have no idea what a national government would do to our COVID response. I think it would be over in in the night. So, yeah. anyways, um, so oh. so so that's what they're going for. Whether it'll work or not, I'm not sure because I think they've they might they well, I don't know if they're underestimating, but you know, I think people are really angry. Yeah, and there are a few yeah major challenges with that. Um, one of them is that well, maybe the main one is that Labour have just downplayed that situation again and again, um, to try and remove responsibility for it from themselves. Right? Oh, it's not like uh, like there's nothing we can do here. It's international. Um, look how bad everyone else is doing. COVID doesn't really exist anymore. Okay, so if we're not in a bad spot, then national should be fine, right? It's at odds with the messaging over the last couple of years um, would be the well, first thing I'd say. It's really good because we just had a Christmas with COVID not hanging over our heads. I mean, that was, thank you, just something. Beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> um, and then alongside that, Labour are going, they will have to act on something like early this year to get that idea into people's heads. And this is something that I've been saying for the last couple of years, um, Labour could have some very big ticket items uh, waiting for us in 2023. Um, they'll be called election bribes or whatever, but they shouldn't give a shit. Like fucking bribe the electorate. Like, and, and what is an election bribe really? It's giving the public what they want. Like that is a, that is a democratic good. You know, like if there's a thing that is needed even if they just give everyone $2,000, you know, like very clearly a bribe, but also, hey, that's great. Um, everyone got $2,000. I don't know if they're that smart at this point. I, I just really don't. I don't know if they'll be able to do that um, without being too afraid that National and Act will paint them as being spendthrifts, um, especially, again, with their counterintuitive messaging around bringing debt down. Labour, in a lot of ways... Um, 
in opposition to the to the Luxon national project is just contradictory. They they are unable to consolidate their we are the real best economic managers plus we will look after you because they have never been able to get past neoliberal austerity talking points. Um, they've never been able to reframe that. And it's really easy to do. I want to be clear about that. It's really easy to reframe this stuff. Um, we don't have the UK media here to to monster Ardern and Robertson. And frankly, they wouldn't be able to, um, given uh, Ardern's continuing high levels of support. Uh, but for whatever reason, they've just chosen chosen not to or are just their imaginations are so stunted that it hasn't happened yet yet and look i still think they they could change the messaging now um and throw a whole bunch of funding around and and do some like little cheats um as to how they're funding that like oh we found this two billion dollars uh we are going to uh put into and to play all the welfare expert advisory group recommendations. Fantastic. Because while they're playing for this, this swing vote of, I don't know, like middle-class liberal centrists uh, who they think are going to run away to national, who don't exist, uh, they're actively losing a whole bunch of people who are literally not going to vote. They're not going to vote. Um, they're not going to the Greens. Uh, the Greens haven't done fuck all either. They're not going to top because top is for rich kids. And they're probably not going to the party Maori because they're racist. Or well, no, that's probably too harsh a word. Not not with intent, but or even they may not see a... it as the party for them. Exactly. It's it's difficult for Te Party Maori to get cut through in the mainstream media and to actually, you know, like just because of how hostile and racist our society is so i mm -hmm. i think i think you're right in that the sense that a lot of people might not even consider them as an option which is and, they, and therefore they may just not vote or they'll vote for new zealand first um like as a crossbench party like i might die if winston peters returns to parliament like why would god do that to why me? would god do that i yeah. personally victimized i'm sick of it I've never seen a man so old yet so <laughs> intent on like fucking things up. And I, I've seen plenty, you know, and I, I sometimes work in aged care facilities. So I just don't, <laughs> I don't know. I know I don't understand. Just go, just leave. What the fuck? I'm going to leave you doing ages and live on air. Uh, I will. And then, I do. I will. Yeah, and fantastic. I do. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, but let's pivot to the minor party mm -hmm. stuff. Because I let's, think pivot, let's pivot to ageism. Um, <laughs> so old people, what the fuck? No, just joking. <laughs> There, I mean, there is a lot of, I think minor parties, are going to, I think it's going to be a, a much clearer MMP election, um, as much as the fucking political gallery is just trying to do first past the post forever and a day. And it's just so insane. Like they, they keep trying to do this. Actor ascendant, um, the Greens are holding steady. New Zealand first are ascendant. Um, I think if Winston runs a, we will not go into parliament, we'll not go into government with either national or Labour, they will start taking acts votes back i think that's probably people are like oh act has taken all the votes from national i don't think they have i think they are a new zealand first contingent in there he's trying to like play that uh where the sensible kind of ideologues role that new zealand first uh tries to to play and even act has been talking about maybe sitting on the cross benches so i think new zealand first has a 
a pretty easy path to power is, or not power, but, you know, uh, political power or political influence as far as such things go. Oh, I don't um, will this into existence, Kyle. I yes, can't I'm not willing this. into existence. This is just straight, no. this is flat uh, political uh, analysis. Um, oh, my it's, gosh. It's emotionless. It's emotionless and rational. Well, um, I'm not emotionless. <laughs> I'm having a mental breakdown now. <laughs> I cannot deal with it. No. No. If New Zealanders do this to me, <laughs> well, I mean, there's, again, there's an easy answer to this, and that's for Labour, the Greens, um, to actually offer stuff to people who are who are struggling. Act what has, are the Greens up to? Like, I don't even know. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll cover Act, and then let's start talking about the left. Um, look, we're 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 going in on every motherfucker. Um, we're not anti-Labour. Uh, no, we are, but we're anti everyone else too. Um, Act has like just been continuing to get like free press to an extent that maybe no one has ever had, um, other than John Key, um, as a as an individual. Um, they none of the other MPs have ever been covered um in depth. Their policies are never discussed. Some of them are fucking insane. Um, the outcomes of having uh act pulling national uh that far right are never discussed in the same way that you know, the Greens wanting $2 more for the environment um, will somehow collapse the New Zealand economy. Some of the act stuff is just outrageous. Like, it's it's so far right. And they're, they're not even libertarian anymore in any way that um, is coherent. Uh, and that's, that's serving them really well. That, that vagary um, that they're trying to play that right-wing everyman uh, act. Oh, David Seymour is in the papers today or in the last couple of days saying that a vote for act will keep national on the right. They're very much tying themselves into that position of we'll deliver a not Labour government um, and and we will wag the dog. Um, and wow, really the media here lets them in a way that it, it would never let um, anyone even slightly left. Um, it, it, like even MPs within Labour uh, monstered by the media for uh, trying to suggest somewhat left-wing stuff. So, yeah, I think that's where the right-wing is. They're in a pretty good position. They're not being challenged on having nothing to offer. Uh, if that continues, they'll probably hold steady. And we're looking at a coin flip on election night that comes down to overhang seats, maybe. On the left, there's so much more potential. Like, it, this is this is the most endlessly frustrating thing to me. Like Labour still has an outright majority. They could do whatever they wanted right now. They could they could bribe everyone forever. They could like windfall tax hit like half a dozen chief executives um and big business, like, and then pay that directly back to upper middle class people, even. Like they could do these incredibly cynical things um while using the language of redistribution uh that, that would work. And part of the reason they're not being forced to come more that way is because the Greens, as you alluded to, Justine, have been invisible for I don't know how long now. Quite some time, I would say. It's been it's been a while though, since we've really seen the Greens at play and our even in the political environment. I think it's um which is exactly what we said would happen, you know. When, yeah, when they, they took ministerial roles. When they decided to go into government with a Labour majority. Anyways, which is a pity because I think um, there is a lot of anti-establishment sentiment that could have been harnessed by a left that wasn't so closely aligned with the government of the day. Um, you know, and the Greens will point to their polling and say, well, you know, we've kind of held steady in the polls. And it's like, yeah, 
the point of the problem is that it's like, you know, that 11% or 12%, I mean, is that the extent of your uh, ambition? Or, or it is. you know, like, yeah, it, re it really is, yeah. And it's, it's, it's just a real pity, eh? Um, especially when you see act like even, you know, with National Not in Government playing that role and, um, and, and really like seeing dividends, right? It's paying dividends for them. I just wonder where our left, where our attack dog left is, you know, like the, 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 the left that needs to push the boundaries to enable, you know, the more softer or le like less radical left to, to have a bit of a vision that Yeah. that's what's missing. Right. Um, One of the really kind of weird things, if we're just talking about flat politics, is that you can somewhat discuss uh, Robertson and Ardern's labour as a continuation of Jonkey's National, um, at least in kind of status quo effect. That, where does that leave National? And that means the Greens can be pretty soft left while pulling Labour left. There are some very like big ticket... soft left, like appeals to liberals, appeals to centrists, appeals to soft right uh, electorate that the Greens could just be yammering about. They don't have to be calling for, I don't know, what's a really... Just social democrat stuff, just Yeah. basic social democrat stuff. Like And there's like 20% there. yeah, 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 Like yeah. that's 20, 25% like should be, because it's, it's where Labour's actual voters Is are it basic? presumably from. Like you could you could be challenging that and they're It's just not happening at all. I, I don't know. No, I do know what Green's policies are, but I don't know what they're trying to communicate to the public at the moment. Their policies are fantastic, but what have we seen? James Shaw fucking up climate again? Like, Yeah, effectiveness trying movement. to get National on board, National pulled out, trying to get ag uh, agriculture on board by, like, giving them, like, a billion loopholes. Uh, and then agriculture just pulled out as well. And you're just... This is a Green climate minister uh, who... tried to build consensus um, in the most like rollover um, pathetic kind of way against all advice complained that like he has to, he hasn't got much control over cabinet direction. Okay. Like walk away, walk away. If, if this is what you've got and even what you've got has like, hasn't been signed up to by the key polluters, what's the, what is your purpose? What is the point of your existence at that point or, 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 of the ministerial role? What is it like? It has no. You've done nothing. You've made it worse. It's just like, I feel like the past few years have been really tough, right? And um, a lot of people have been ground down. And the message is really clear, like, better things aren't possible. That's, like, what's been delivered pretty pretty much to all of us. And I think Yeah, and including it... from the Greens, is, is essentially what like Shaw has been running on climate. Yeah, especially from Shaw. And I just think it's going to take real strong leadership to instill any kind of, like, principle of hope in people again. And that's really not there, is it? Yeah, Um, I don't think anyone on the left is really doing the hope stuff. And as, no. as, if, if we are, if we are coming out of a pandemic and like we're heading into a, a recession, but we're doing better than everyone else, where is that hope narrative? What are you offering? Like, what can we be? Labour running on, at least we're not national and national are running on, we'll undo everything Labour um, has done. Act is saying, we'll pull national to the right. What are the Greens saying? And, you know, like, I do think they're... I think, like, I'm, I'm thinking about the media environment because I do think the media environment has gotten... I mean, we talk about the media a lot, but it, it is particularly, like, hostile to any kind of progressive...
Oh, absolutely. Politics or thought or... Uh, it's just anything. that it doesn't get clicks. It doesn't get clicks to be hopeful, Justine. It doesn't get clicks to be um, left-wing, mate. Yeah, totally. No, it's all um, it's all driven by Ironically, <laughs> ACT kind of has the most, um, you know, from like a depoliticized perspective, has the most kind of hopey, changey message. Like mm-hmm. the other ones actually trying to articulate a vision when media talk to them. Fuck, that's bleak. Um, yeah, right. So that but, and it works for them, right? It's pulling people in who aren't naturally act they're not act act bedfellows, like rural kind of center right disgruntled people who've probably voted national and New Zealand first. Um and I think you're right, Carl, they've eaten the New Zealand first electorate more so than the the national one, which is how Luxon's managed to pull national up without really taking much out of act. So that was a smart kind of play. You know, I think it's it is slightly easier for the right, especially the reactionary right, because um, one they can just say, "Well, we'll we'll take it back to uh, prior to two thousand seventeen. Things were better then, weren't they?" And they were through, and that's not necessarily. I wouldn't. Yeah, I don't blame Labor for that, though. I do in, in, in that they didn't. They could have done more to make it. They could have done more, but there's you know the world's gone to shit. I mean, there's no doubt about it. The world has gone to like total shit, um, and so like I think a lot of um, people literally are like, uh, like it's, firstly like you know you can project that onto the government of the day, easy as, especially when you don't know you know um, you don't know the names and the addresses of um, the capitalists who are actually making your life shit. Um, but <laughs> we're publishing vote names and addresses of the capitalists in the summary. Um, <laughs> we would, so yeah, just you'll have no excuses bio. after that. Link, links in the bio. Um, <laughs> but, um, but you know, like, I think that's pretty easy pitch, like, uh, vote for us and we'll go back to like prior to this crap to, you know, like we can have a nostalgic view of the past. Um, I think that's, that's an easy pitch. Well, that's and why then, donkey is still like yeah. called on every other week to to be in the media talking about shit right i just love him though because he just he's got he's you know he's just like and anyways the chinese system is vastly superior (laughs) and we really (laughs) we should ignore the uyghur genocide and (laughs) like he's 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 just such an interesting guy in many ways he's terry's a disgusting man but um i love his like blatant He doesn't have to. Like, no one's ever challenged him. No like, one's he can say whatever the fuck he wants. This, like, what he's saying is so far from the consensus now on China, but no one challenges him because he's drawn key. I just find that so interesting. Um, and it's okay if, if a left-wing person said this. Not that I think they should. You know, I think he's he's holding one of his terrible, terrible um, things there. Um, but they would be held to the flames, right? And it's drawn key saying these things, and everyone's like, hmm. Well, that's very interesting very interesting points Nixon, should, Nixon, yeah uh, up china situation yeah it's very it's, interesting so he, he clearly got sold he went to it's beijing the, it's the nostalgia vote for sure and yeah act is just just winning right they, so how do greens turn that how, how do how do greens present a vision philip um oh, easily like... <laughs> they know how. <laughs> it's so simple what, what's that um Pick some, pick some big ticket universal programs, campaign on them, get votes. Scare I think it is universalism, right? Instead of yeah. like where they've tried to do the te- technocracy. Yeah. Um, like, oh, because oh, and they got caught up for this twice last year, right? One was um, mask to those who need them. Like there had to be a campaign to get them to quickly universalize that turnaround was pretty quick. Thanks, Justine. Justine, basically, uh, this is how you this is how you beat the Greens is post on Twitter. They're very sensitive souls, and they'll change their policies to be what doesn't get them bullied. Do that. Yeah, and and against um, party 
against <laughs> against party process as well. Um, and the other one was, um, and it's continuing to be um, public transport, uh, free fares. So free fares for all is a half price fares. Which one is it, mates? And they don't know. They like they have messaging on both. Um, on social, they tend to go for free fares um, and policy documents and um, some of their campaigns. They uh, just support half price. Or affordable, you know, whatever that means. There are, there are questions around, okay, this is an inflection point. We want to support the thing that we think we're going to get. No, I mean, you, you. that's great. Do do the half measures when you're working on compromise. In public, you need to do the full measure. You have to be have, You have to take one step further towards that vision when you're presenting to the public on social um, and in your campaign materials. Because if you are looking at a series of half steps, if you're, if you're selling the incrementalism rather than doing the incrementalism, you're going to, your incrementalism is half, you're walking backwards now. Um, and that is essentially what's happened throughout their term um, with a Labour majority. They've been trying to play for the consensus and play for the incrementalism. They're, they're further back on some climate stuff than they were at the beginning. James Shaw got a fucking fossil award at the climate talks. That's fucking insane. Like, is that what you wanted? Is that like by trying to build consensus? I, I don't think so. Or maybe it is. I don't fucking know. What's interesting is because, you know, the agri lobby is so powerful in New Zealand. So, you know, it's you not. See that, well, you've it's, seen the it's, it's made out to be, right? Like, it's, yeah. it's this insane thing. They, they barely like do anything for the economy these days comparative yeah. to a, a bunch of other industries and especially comparatively to what they used to be. To, yeah, no, they're just to, a fucking yeah. cartel. That's yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's interesting because I um, what's what's interesting is that New Zealand is going to be pushed into more radical climate policy, not by any kind of leadership or bravery or courage um, on you know the half on behalf of um, James Shaw or any you know future climate minister I would bet, but actually just the fact that other countries will not buy our produce. That you know, like yeah. the UK already. That's um, already happening. Big, you know, big um British supermarkets because because the UK um is a shit fire hellscape piece of crap like like just is burning down as we speak but um they don't have you know they have been actually a, a lot we've talked about this before they've been far more radical in their climate policy than us and as a result their supermarket chains are saying we're not going to buy your produce because it's not green enough like it's not um and i thought zealand, we had the greenest farms in the world Just and new zealand and new zealand farmers you know i think i i wonder if they had a moment of oh maybe the government's not just good. maybe this is actually like a <laughs> um this might be an issue <laughs> like and it is they're gonna be punished by the market and ah, I so what you're saying is capitalism is good yes because uh, it, it gets us the the outcomes that we need i have been saying that yes yeah. no i mean you know it'll probably be too little too late uh, the, the, <laughs> the, you know no 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 i'm not <laughs> i just want to clarify capitalism not good but it is interesting to see that a country which doesn't have you know i guess the same industries that we have so is is more able to be i think a little bit more radical in terms of like the special interests um on climate change um basically saying that and, and i think the eu is in a similar boat right that we're not going to buy from you unless you do the you know like you you greet you you know you you take action on climate and you yeah. don't sell us dirty <laughs> dirty um 
dirty product produce. And I think that's going to be the way that it's it's going to work because I don't think our political leaders are going to do anything. So you know they're they're in for a shock to be honest. They're in for a shock because um, they they they're operating in a bubble. They've convinced themselves that um, you know it's just the 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 crazy communists in the beehive. <laughs> Or whatever they think, whatever they might think, or, or not. Um, and I, I, you know, I think they are gonna, um, yeah, they are gonna be sort of pushed into shape, anyways, by international forces. I think so. the biggest shame on on that front, and from a Greens perspective, is that they have some like really good activist MPs, um, or at least they were before they went to the parliamentary precinct, who have just like done fantastic, like absolutely incredible work, um, in the, in the climate space and in like. Um, in regards to Indigenous rights um, and, you know, in the poverty advocacy space. Um, and just none of that has come through. None of that has come through the party. I don't know if that's party central um, and uh, the staff is in parliament um, and the the wider direction, uh, trying to rein it in so that we're not upsetting Labour or whatever it is, or it's just the ministerial stuff, um, not wanting to rock the boat too much. But these are people who, like, went after the government like while they're outside of parliament and i know like you have to be somewhat more careful if you're if you're an mp but not not like this i mean there's no real conversation about a new left-wing political party that i've been hearing recently it seems like that energy is kind of dissipated um into more like specific issue-based things so it'll be interesting to see where the disaffected left votes flow by the end of this year i think we're in a downswing like i think we're in a period of um you know demobilization there's a lack of energy people are ground down um that's why you need a vision that's why you need hope you need to reactivate these people it's really about yeah it's really about rebuilding and we'll see how that pans out right i don't think there's a left worth talking about in new zealand currently and that's and there barely was before, so I really don't think so now. I don't actually think we have a left in New Zealand. I think we have, I've been thinking about it, you know, for all, I and I am, a, you know, I will be out on the doors knocking for the Green Party. You know, I will be, because because I, I do think it's worth, they're, you know, like a, the, the best of the worst worlds. Um, and, and I think there are some great MPs there. And, you know, so, yeah, I will be making that effort come election, you know, election the election period. But, um I've been thinking about it and really like what like I, the greens in in from my perspective they're like a pr company that tells me what i want to hear you know they're like a media company that like sends out press releases and they're like this is the nice thing don't you agree and i'm like please yeah. donate 20 dollars um you know and i that's what i feel <laughs> like it is it's you know that's what i think i'm like at this point it's like <laughs> it's literally just something that tells me nice things that i like <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and and with no like with no clear no plan. path to how no they're plan. doing. It. Yeah, no what plan, are you gonna do but, about that? Oh. But, but isn't that what it is? It's like to mollify like us lefty urban libs. Um, you know, we're not really getting what we want. Uh, but there is a party that I says, don't know about being called an urban lib, Justine. Well, I'm just saying <laughs> in terms of our demographic. Absolutely. You know how we fit within the electoral demographic. Now, I wouldn't consider myself a lib as so much as a violent communist. I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know what I mean, like. Like, um, I do know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so, so that's the thing. But greens have become almost like a pressure valve for for that left wing yeah, feeling. Yeah, literally public. just that feeling. It's catharsis. Yeah, but there's no. Yeah. There's no action now, and there hasn't been. And 
you know, you can make arguments about, oh, Labour majority, yada, yada, what can we really get over the line, blah, 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 blah. I mean, there's a whole bunch of, like, power plays you can make. There's a whole bunch of leverage you can go. You have two ministerial roles. Make Labour look bad by walking away and making it very clear. It's just about comms strategy if you want to do it that way. You're doing the comms strategy to your... Um, to your members uh kind of claiming to to fight for change that isn't actually happening how about do it the other way around um, but let's move on from the greens uh we've got two more parties that are kind of showing up um in in voting stuff uh at the beginning of the year one is to party maori and the other is uh top to party maori are looking uh pretty good i think i i they've been kind of consistently uh Ticking their their vote up, I think we're about two point five. Um, there's a good chance that if I can get some some good press and do some good work, um, you know, in the in the first half of this year, they grab another couple of seats, um, and in a lot of ways, they might be the the break point for a left a Labour left government. If they get enough seats, that's what tips it. If if National Labour stay close, um, and I think incredibly horribly and cynically um that's part of the reason why you've seen increasingly overt racism out of um national act in new zealand first uh about what do i say co-governance and and maori control uh, and things like that is because they understand that that's one of the kind of tipping points which yeah which interestingly might actually play into te Pāti maori's hands because Absolutely. they can be a lot more vociferous about that stuff than labor can so there you know there are some um labor maori mps who would probably like to be a lot louder on that stuff with a line much closer to te Pāti maori's line but they will be told not to be so loud right um because labor wants to keep the kind of quietly gruntled uh centrist homeowning vote um yeah so te Pāti maori could actually make some hay out of that come election time and depending on who they pick for different electorates there's probably two other electorates that have a good chance at, at getting debbie should win probably to te Hauru, and then we'll see who they pick in tamaki makoto but you know they could they could do really well with a good campaign it's yeah it seems like that would be based on their policy. It seems like that would be the next kind of natural resting place for left-wing voters as if they're an assured kind of seat. Yeah. The problem's always been they're not going to hit 5%. We don't know how they're going to do in different different electorates. So it's quite a risky kind of um, thing to run. So I think the, the big question for them is what kind of campaign they're going to run this election season yeah. Um, yeah. and how broad they're going to make it. Yeah, they're going to run on the general as well. Yeah, because previously they've been really deliberately targeted and you have to be when you're that small because you have to really focus on those specific kind of issues that you know will cross the exact voters you need in the right places over the line, right? It's more of like a, a minor party FPP style campaign than an MMP campaign. But if they're feeling confident, they could run a much broader kind of countrywide uh, party vote campaign as well as that. Um, and, you know, I might vote for them. They've got some good stuff. It would be it would be cool to see them appeal to. They've got some fantastic stuff, and I think you know if we're talking like progressive or left wing policies, that's great for their constituents as well. Especially if we're and and I think and this is really key um, and something that the left here, if we're talking Labour Greens, has never really grasped, is that a lot of that is rural targeted. You know, we talk about national, rural, labour, urban. Now, nope. <laughs> No, not how it has to be. And especially in Auckland, national are looking pretty ascendant. There is a lot of progressive stuff that you can take to the regions. 
Uh, and New Zealand First knows this, you know, this is why they got a, re- a rural slush fund and, and like threw it around. Um, and, you know, a whole bunch of marae and stuff managed to tap money out of that. There's there's definitely stuff there which is going to appeal widely um, to people in like economically depressed regions. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they try to take up that kind of mantle as the um, economic support for dispossessed kind of areas, which they've done before really well. Um, I mean, this is what Hanaharawera's whole raison d'etre was, right? Yeah, exactly. So I think there's space there. It'll just be about whether they they make that choice or not, because I think a lot of it will just depend on how confident they are. If they're still worried about getting two or three seats, they might do a really targeted regional campaign, just, you know, trying to hit those those targets which would be a shame because it would be nice to see them take some risks yeah yeah absolutely um i'm here for it i like i'd love to see um uh the path to maori which is heading towards five percent like i think that's that's good for the country um i i want like, beyond see t- anything else yeah totally and i think te pati maori could articulate a vision for um, absolutely a, a like um a political vision that could appeal to everybody. Yeah. Um. I, you know, I think people really get in their head that this is a, you know, it, it is a party by Māori for Māori, but the treaty Tetsuriti is such a amazing foundation to build a progressive vision for Aotearoa that I just think it is really within their purview to articulate a vision, a universalism, you know, from that kaupapa that would be, I think, extremely attractive to many people. I mean, yeah. it certainly would. It's obviously it's attractive to us, but we don't really count, right? Because we're already like enmeshed within um, the left and have been for a long time. But you know, I think I think that there are a lot of people who um, who that could really bring in, and it would be it would be such a step forward, I think, as yeah. well. I've well, the... had discussions about this on the podcast a number of times, but I mean, look at the work that I did during the COVID response, right? um and uh some of the other maori-led organizations just huge also, like yeah. part of our our vaccination drive and, and things totally. like that when given the resource and there's also there's international precedent for this kind of thing as well mm-hmm. yeah yeah and if we're talking about articulating like a vision of a new future they're much better at that stuff right they are pretty constant with that um more holistic kind of visioning visioning stuff that I just think it's also t- time-wise, right? Like timing-wise, when we're living in this period of like, I mean, I'm not to bring it all back to the grand of grand division, but like, um, like the sort of fallout of capitalist, colonial, like extractive kind of policies, and um, like to have uh, an indigenous kind of socialism, and I, I, you know, I mean it when I say that, like that, that can go to the roots, cause and source of all this. Um, suffering that we see, I think it, it it's the only way forward. So, you know, yeah, I think there's a lot of potential there, but totally also would appreciate if that's not, you know, like, as you say, the re- it's all about resourcing, um, but it's good to see them grow yeah. regardless, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and finally, what about TOP, the Opportunities Party? How are I'm they going to so- make it this year? How are they going to do it? I'm really glad to see representation, you know, for tops. Um <laughs> <laughs> that one <laughs> fell off quickly. Just gave no, up halfway through no, there. No, no. I was no. like, you know what? This no, I'm leaving that in, though. I'm leaving that in. I'm, I want to, like, Good line. <laughs> what if I start a party? Bottoms. Um, <laughs> yeah. And the whole point of that is to be, you know, be about, like, the, the bottom 99%. Top yeah. is. <laughs> yeah, the top 1% bad. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, they're big. Will Top get in? No, because it's just Redditors. It's just going to be Redditors again. Who could have been There are a couple of people on Twitter. Okay, I haven't seen this, Kyle, so excuse my ignorance, but um, I just see the Reddit, the Reddit, my Reddit fam, <laughs> Reddit army rise. Uh... <laughs> finally, yeah. Finally, because... some, some space for policy obsessed wonks to be interested in politics. Um, it... Yeah, it's not the, it's not a, it's not a great constituency to aim for, right? But you know, I always said if Top wanted to be taken seriously since Gareth Morgan started it, I was like, they need Raf Manji to be the leader of the party. And they finally figured that out. <laughs> like um, a decade later? Yeah. So they finally got a leader that I think makes sense in a place that makes sense with good kind of like political acumen um, for the first time. <laughs> so, you know, they haven't run a campaign yet. It could all fall apart. It could be good. He might win. I am. Um, We'll see. We'll see. I, I feel like it'll be really hard for them to get oxygen. That'll be the biggest problem for them because they'll need national white, nationwide oxygen. And Gareth Morgan only managed to get that by spending millions of dollars and making himself even less popular than he already was. And that was didn't obviously not what you would do as a politician. <laughs> do you think so, they need to do something really, really out there? Do you think that would that would work? Like just something like off the wall, to, but, but not I want to kill all cats. Yeah, possibly. They need to get more media. Like, Rafmanji's good when he gets media, but he's not hes not a media seeker in the same way as Gareth Morgan or um, what's his name? His economist was, who was leader for a while. Uh, so it, I think it's less likely that he'll do something stunting. Someone who did an incredibly good job at building a personal brand, obviously. Exactly. Is exactly. it Jeff or a Grant? One of those. Yeah. It's interesting though, because like um, they're they're definitely styling themselves after the Teals in um, Australia, which they did they did do very well. Oh fuck! I thought you meant Peter Teal for half a second. <laughs> <laughs> they're all uh, drinking. Like, well, I don't think they've gone quite that far into techno fascism. <laughs> they're drinking blood, and um, <laughs> yeah, no, but they are fashioning themselves, and that's done very well in Australia, obviously, past elections. So. Yeah, but we've already got the Green Party filling that fucking role. Well, you'd say the same in Australia, mate. And the Labour Party <laughs> filling that role. I mean, all of our parties are blue-green parties. That's yeah. our problem. I think this is a problem for... The, the major problem for top is, okay, but what are you actually offering other than, like, this huge, like, 100-page document full of numbers? Because be no fair, one not I, actually gives a fuck about that. To because, be fair, <laughs> I would have said the same of the Australian ones, but, I, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think they appeal to a certain strata of the upper middle class yeah. who who yeah who really do just want pure wonkism they're like that is the, you know that is the correct way to govern and unfortunately in in many ways um i've never seen so many numbers you know it's not really possible it's not really possible to govern like that unfortunately like actual, actual it's kind of devoid of like power relations yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Australia it's... is just a much bigger country with a much bigger constituency that fits into that rubric. Yeah. So you also could... like they had like a pretty star rugby player um, as one of their. No, it was people who already had like massive profiles um, running in these roles, and I don't think TOP has that. I mean, Raf is very nichely has that in political circles, but who like ask someone on the street, they'll be like, who the fuck? <laughs> people, people in Christchurch know him. And so like, that's why yeah, that's the thing. Electric, if they're going to get in, it'll be because he wins that yeah. seat. And you don't, you don't think they could possibly get five. And Jerry, no, no way. And Jerry Brownlee's standing down and he's owned that seat. And he, and Raf ran pretty well against him as an independent last time. Yeah. So if he gets twice that much support somehow for particle machine, party machinery stuff, it's totally plausible. He could win that seat. <laughs> 
Do you know, I honestly want an MMP election. I want yeah. New Zealanders. Absolutely. To, I want. Um, I want everyone in. I want everyone in. I'm sick of. I'm sick of New Zealanders. Outdoors like party. Out. Um, advanced. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Destiny's Church. Yeah, bring them back. Hey, look, a real um, representative democracy. No, but I mean, really, like if we if we have top in, if we have um, a little uh, bit TRP, more TRP, TRP, please. TRP, sorry, sorry. If That's we have TRP, TRP, yeah, yeah, oh, I didn't know that. Um, <laughs> um, it would be. I think it would be good for our democracy, like for New Zealanders to actually consider um parties outside of you know um yeah, yeah. The, that first past post mentality I, I i welcome like us becoming a little bit more like belgium or germany or you know whatever else has a similar um electoral process to us and you know we don't seem to embrace that kind of stuff but i think we we definitely should i think the you know outside of ref and island um the way they get more oxygen and make him seem more viable um in the electorate seat as well is to do exactly what we said the Greens should do. Uh, choose a couple of big issues. Uh, you know, they do a payment one. You know, do they do universal basic? Yeah, they do UBI. They've broken, um, they've broken the UBI policy up into basically two steps. So it's a bit of a different proposition this yeah. time. But um, I mean, just talk about the end goal, right? Um, yeah. And then instead of front-footing their pay, 100 pages of calculations, they just keep that for the diehards. Let's go check it out on our site if you want to see too much stuff i think that's because the idea that's been the major issue with them getting cut through is they get up and just start like fucking their eyes kind of glaze over and just start running numbers through um and everyone's like what the fuck is this they need they need clearer messaging that actually appeals to people's values um instead of trying to convince them with technocratic um jargon uh and you know that's that's always been their problem if they can take a step away from that uh under ref then mm. I don't think they reach 5%. I, I want to be very clear about that. But they do make him look like a prospect in Ireland um, and maybe get him enough votes to take them in on a single seat. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. And Raf had some did some interesting work after he was a councillor about a new relationship with the state, kind of a new social contract kind of theory that was a kind of wonkish, kind of like reimagining vision for a relationship in the country type thing, kind of a Scandinavian inflected by Singapore kind of vision, the kind of stuff that Winston Peters would talk about much less honestly a couple of decades ago. Um, but I think there's an appeal there that gives them the ability to project a vision where otherwise it's all very technocratic and specific. So hopefully they bring some of that energy as mm. well. Yeah, actually, that's a good point. I think we should have big conversations because even like we talk about big policies, we need to have big conversations, like go back to values, actually, and like what kind of society we want to live in. Yeah, I, I that is not happening. In a, no, it's a, a how do we know. save money? Oh, geez, honestly, we're not we're not and having no that kind of shit. conversation. Like, it's, it's such a if you and if you're playing around that line is like vote for us, we're labor, we're gonna fuck you up. Um, no money for the poor, no money for the health system, no money for education. Um, fuck you all. National just beats you, man. Like you, you. Sorry, you fucking lost on that one because National's like, yeah, same thing, and also tax cuts. Fuck you. Um, how does it like you? You can't, you can't win on that rhetoric. Labor has to, has to make a claim, and they you're like just fucking lie. No one gives a shit. Just fucking lie. Like, yeah, we're going to fucking put more in health, more in education. We're going to put $3 billion in, in health. Where are you going to get that from? We will. <laughs> like, Yeah, yeah. I think so, they like, really... There's not a political reporter here who's capable of, like, pulling that apart. <laughs> like, just fucking, just fucking end them. 
Carl's going full nihilism in, in 2023. That's not nihilism. This is this is um real politics. This is optimism. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're in 2023. Meanings have changed. Totally, totally. Um, I think that brings us just about to time. Um, any final points uh, about the current state or or the upcoming election, Philip? Justine? It's gonna be fine. It's all gonna be fine. Um, and if the baddies win, they were actually the goodies. So change your definitions, like Carl said. It's fine. Beautiful. Post truth. Um, my my final message. Yeah, it's totally gonna be fine. And if it's not fine, we just redefine what fine is. Yeah, exactly. Hey, look, we're all on the same page about that. Uh, I, I, now, I think like there's a lot to do. Eh? There's hold a lot the boss. Yeah, hold the bosses to the fireman. And if you yeah. and if you're and you're burnt out and you think what's the point and I don't have any hope, well at least do something because you want revenge. That, that's why I, I fucking love the attitude. It's a good like, motive. Yeah. Um like get out there. Uh there's gonna be a lot of uh stuff um to do. starting soon in the campaigns. It's gonna be a lot of stuff to do, there's a lot of organizing to do. Um don't don't have to join an electoral party. There's gonna be some big campaigns happening um across civic society. There's like heaps of strike action on the horizon. Uh, go and help out your the teachers in your community and the the health workers. Um, there's going to be, I think, some things coming out of advocacy groups as well. Some big campaigns uh, heading into 2023 uh, election season. So keep an eye out for those. Um, and if you've got the energy, get on board. Um, do what you can. If you want to support us, I've got that link down in the summary again. Um, that's our Patreon. Uh, give us five dollars a month. It's a it's a tiny amount. Um, it helps us continue to produce content. Uh, it helps us stay online, uh, and it ensures that we can keep everything free for everyone. That's been our first episode back uh, for one or two hundred and twenty twenty three. Yeah, lots of stuff uh, on the horizon for us as well. Keep in touch, and we'll catch you next time. Relentless routines The dying embers of your dreams Is the lie aspirational Will you die keeping your glass half full? The relentless routines The dying embers of your dreams Is the lie aspirational Will you die keeping your glass half full? You don't hate your nation, you hate nationalism. You don't hate your nation, you hate nationalism.